The Off the Huzzle Podcast would like to thank all their sponsors, TaylorMade Golf, Last Mountain Distillery, Molson Coors, Rubber Co., and Cutter and Buck Canada. Now, it's time for your starting lineup. The pro hockey player, Turner Ripplinger. The golf insider, Tori Coglin. The original co-host, Troy Koser. And your host, Drew Koser. Now, sit back and enjoy the podcast, Off the Hosel. Hey everybody, we're back for the episode of Off the Hosel, episode 129. My name is Drew Coaster. I'm your host. Not joined by Stack Guy Rip today, no Troy, but we got our co-host on as always, Tori Codlin down in Alabama. Uh, I'm back in the studio here. Sick. Good to be back. That was an absolute battle getting all the cords un, uh, unraveled. We're back here at the studio. Feels good to be home. Before we get too far into the podcast, it's a pre-show and it's brought to you by Rubberco is founded in 2021, made out of 100% recycled tires and has tons to offer. We offer rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, matting, and now our new hockey devices. Check out the website at www.rubberco.com. Follow us on social media at rubber.co. can call as well, 306-541-9840. Everyone out, out there, please think with your head and choose the right rubber. Oh, that was smooth. That was silk. That was fresh. That was fresh. I'm happy, happy for you, buddy. Six style. All right, Tori, what's, uh, what's happening, man? What's going on? What's new with you? Well, the, I think the biggest thing is tonight is like Christmas Eve for college football fans. Okay. There, so I, I saw that there's like five games on in five days. Is, is, is that right? Or five? On? Uh, there's a bunch. There's a good bit tonight. And then Saturday it's game on. So like you, you just pit in all Saturday. If I'm not working, yeah, it's it's a it's a full it's about a 14 hour shift. So then you don't watch Sundays then, or do you watch both? Not really. When I was in California, Sunday was my only day off, so I actually watched a good bit of NFL. Right. Um, but typically, if if I'm off on a Saturday, here's my morning. This is kind of pathetic, or my day, basically. I get up about seven. Well, if I can sleep that late, usually probably six. Right. But eight o'clock college game day starts. When college game day starts, I have a beer. I'm sorry to announce that. It's embarrassing. But you got to start your college football Saturday with the beer. Right. Do that. Crazy not to. Make breakfast. Eat breakfast. Then it's about nine. (laughs) And then I'll watch a little more college game day. Hit pause cut my grass, come in, unpause it, fast forward through commercials, catch up, and then right around 11, that's when the games start. And then it's fucking on. So what's game day? Is that like all the pre-show then? Yeah, it's it's like, uh, I don't, I don't, in a sense, it's the equivalent of court, Coach's Corner. Like college game day is, is it's a three-hour show before all the games start and it's like the the pregame show okay you guys see it with nfl and stuff like that like all those networks all have their pre-show yeah yeah, for sure but this is the one well there it is that's the college roundup brought to you by bet 99 perfect roll a tad 
Roll Tide. Okay, that's pretty sweet. Okay, so I wanted to talk about what was I going to say? Oh, our landing coming home from Toronto. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. A little spice. Woo. This guy, he's like, all right, all, all passengers. We'll be landing in about two minutes here. Going through some turbulence. But I was sleeping. And I, so I hear <laughs> my head hit the wall, woke me up. I'm like, oh, my God. What was that? And Mitch is like, Mitch, he was pretty timid. Like, he was so sweaty. He was sweating through his shirt. And <laughs> so it's like two, two minutes is the long. It felt like an hour. We felt this guy was just doing circular motions in the air. And he's going around and around. And finally, we go to land. It's just boom, boom, boom. I'm like, oh, oh. And it was pouring. So then we like left the airport. And as soon as he left the doors, I hear, we're like, that's why we were flying. We needed the. You this know, is in Regina? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> hey, you should have told Mitch to get a ride home from the, uh, the super. <laughs> yeah. Might have yeah. been a smoother ride on a golf cart. That is true. Probably need a hard hat, though. Um, hey, speaking of Regina, they're kicking ass right now in the Canadian women's seniors. Valid. Bring it up. You have any stats there for us? Not really. 77 77 first two rounds. That's all I know. For, T9 going into today. For who can we record? For Kim? Yeah. Nice. Nice work, Kim, from the Waskana Golf and Country Club. She's a player, legend. Is she a Hall of Famer or going into the Hall of Fame? I cannot confirm either. I have no clue. Okay. Fair enough. Well, speaking of the Waskana, next or two weeks time, the oh, Waskana will host the Royal Regina, the top 12 from each club. And we should probably get the captains on, hey? Oh, yeah. No, we got to have an absolute roundtable. Let's see if I can pull up the rosters. The rosters for Team... So it's McNall and who? I believe Dylan Holmson is the captain of Team Waskana. Oh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay, here here is their uh, here is their team. Team Waskana. Ty Wright. Ever heard of him? No. Derek Schneider. Adam Schottler. Ty Zaba. Man Rocket. Captain Dylan Holmson, I believe. Ron Swan. Sick name. Jeremy Istad. Rye Guy. Ryan McNall. Mark Folk. Wade Huber. Huber Paul Wagner and Teddy Weens. Okay, so they're the best looking team. <laughs> Okay, and Team Royal Regina. Sean McNall, Trevor Benson, Jason Galan, Mitch Matichuk, Josh Marcia, Aiden Shanks, Preston Hutt, Chris Myers, Drew Koser, Cole Zawislak, Carson Harcourt, and Daryl Kennedy. Boy. Are we going to have a McNall versus McNall in the singles? I don't know. I'm playing – no, I don't know who I'm playing with actually yet. I don't know. But You'll play with who they tell you to. Yeah, I know how it works, Tori. I've only, I've only won this thing a few times, so relax, okay? I know how yeah. it works. But Just know your role. How about the team, though? Like Those teams are pretty sick. Those are both good, great teams. Outstanding. I'm excited. I, I love this tournament. I love the one that we played in Saskatoon as well. Uh, two, two good events. 12 versus 12. It's fun, good time. 
there's usually some drinks going on, but at the end of the day, though, you're playing for your club. If you guys want to pull some money together and fly me up, I'll wear a referee shirt and be like the uh, what's what's that slugger white from PJ Tour. <laughs> I'll be like the rules official. No, you should actually come down and like we'll get you all the bet ninety nine gear and you just like take bets while we're playing. <laughs> oh, that's a, what an idea! Why did you think of it this late? Usually, the way my brain works, last minute ideas. Usually yeah, the best ideas. Yeah, oh, so we should get the fun. captain of the Washington and captain of Royal on. Well, we'll probably have Sean in person and then have their captain. Well, fuck, we can have both in person. Just tell them to bring a laptop. They're both in Regina, and I haven't talked to Lahoma in forever. I think he's the captain. Don't don't quote me. I'm pretty sure he's the captain, but regardless, that'd be a sick, sick uh, interview with those guys. I actually beat Holmeson in, in singles the last day, the last time he played to secure the match. Not a bad deal. Oh, that is a big deal. Sandy from the right side trap at 18 at Royal. Oh, boy. Up and down to you on a heart right pin. You just running your sucker about beating a uh, ex Waska Sioux winner. Did he win the lobstick? He sure did. Wow. That's sick. Well, I, I was hearing his voice on the radio ads. Oh, yeah. Co op or yeah, not co op. Co op some, some insurance. Yeah. He's a beauty. A lot of good dudes. They should be a lot of fun uh royal versus washington that's always the you know good, good clash so we're excited for it that's kind of my around the around the horn golf in regina area what else is there tory golf uh we got a bunch of guys going to the live tour yeah let's go right into that i walked in the interview yesterday cam smith who just joins the thing and he's going off about how they don't get world golf rankings you said it off the record (laughs) he can retire after two golf tournaments who gives a shit about the golf rankings but also you made a choice so he's he he left the pga tour because there he's probably bitching about not making enough money right then he goes to the live where he's going to make buku money right and he's complaining about not getting world golf ranking like what do you what do you need the ranking for who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah, just putting You're about to make like, four million a week. Yeah. I, I just I was like, whatever. Like you're making so much dough that a golf rankings in effect what your your Twitter followers. Like, I mean, really though. Like if it's about the golf, just stay on the PGA tour. If you if you want to chase the money, go to the live, and that's fine. There's there's no I, I don't blame any of those guys. I've said it before, I'll say it again. But if if it's about the golf part then just stay on the PGA because you know you're safe there. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said it, it's their choice, but you made a choice. So if they say there's no golf rankings on live, then it is what it is. Don't bitch, basically. Did you see Bubba Watson's thing yesterday? That no. was one I wanted to pull up, actually. I've never seen Bubba Watson's thing. Bubba Watson. I get oh. nothing for that. That was pretty good. I'm trying to find what he he quoted saying. Oh. See, now it's hearsay now because I'm not going to say exactly what he said. But I believe along the lines of if the Masters doesn't let him in because he's on live, then mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be there then. Basically, mm-hmm. here it is. 
I accept the cookies on the internet. Except it's not working. Okay. Oh, good. Bubba Watson still hopes he's welcome at the Masters. If not, I don't want to be there anyway. That's, uh, he probably could have worded that a little better. Uh, yeah. It's only one of the best <laughs> golf tournaments in the world. So, and on, honestly, a treat to play that golf course, I'm sure. So, little, uh, little weird wording, but. I mean, he has won it twice, but but still, like, if you actually want to go back, maybe don't say, if they don't let me back, I don't want to go back anyways. It's like, eh. It's kind, of, kind of like taking your toy away. Yeah, I don't want to. I'd, I'd kind of say I understand if they don't, but I hope that they will allow me back. Right. You should be a publicist. That'd be perfect. Yeah. So I think I yeah. should do that. I think we're I think we're gonna we're gonna hear about live forever now. Like live in PGA. It's gonna be go back and forth every week. We talk about this on the golf podcast, talking golf and the live and the PGA. It, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. But um, speaking of PGA, we we got to get uh, Jet in here to let our guest on. But I don't know if anyone noticed. I picked Rory to win the Tour Championship, even though he started six back. Not a big deal. So, so I got in, in the, middle in the of last that. month. I've got Trey Mullinax and Rory Rory McIlroy. What's up? Bet ninety nine. Okay, so you're going to add right now. I was literally, literally in the middle of a great, great subject. Then you cut me right off. I'll cut you off all day when I'm just picking winners left and right on Bet99 using the sign-up code off the hosel one. That's the number one, not the word one. You can use the website bet99.com or download the app Bet99. Bet responsibly, know your limits, and listen to my picks. Even if I only get two a year, you're going to win. Boom. That was pretty nice. What I was saying though was, is that we don't, I don't think PGA tour and the live is going anywhere anytime soon. Do you not agree though, that the PGA has to probably start figuring it out a little bit more now with whether it's money or more sponsor. Like, I don't know like, what well, they got to do something because they're losing players every day, every week. It, I think eventually they're going to coexist and, and like, you know, players can play on both. Right. But like right now, it feels like for old school, you're a little too young for this probably, but like WWF and WCW. Yeah. yeah. Where like WCW would offer wrestlers more money, but WWF was like the brand. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I do think that at some point they're going to, you know, stop playing who's got the biggest dick and just let them play in both. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, so. well, uh, before we go to our guest today, we probably should mention that uh, there, we do talk some hockey on here, but the Western Hockey League, uh, their camps have opened up this weekend and week. Uh, and also Junior A's get going. The Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League is, you know, kind of having their preseason games. Their camps are all done. And yeah, dude, who, who are you rooting for? I mean, you don't watch any SJHL anymore, probably, but if you had to pick one team without looking or any knowing any stats, who would you pick to win the league this year? I, oh, I got to go with Humboldt. Bang. There it is. But also, but my, my, I mean, that's just because, so you know, good, man. my heart goes out to them. 
But second pick would be uh, Nipwin, just because I love Nipwin Evergreen. Uh, I love your analogy. Yeah. I you said no stats, one. no nothing. I so. played golf one time there. I'm going to pick them. You wouldn't pick them? <laughs> no. You're like, uh, I played golf there one time. Yeah, they're yeah. my team. Yeah, for sure. I love well, that's it. why. Hey, I've been to one Milwaukee Brewers game in my life, and that's my favorite baseball team. Really? I went to one game, and I was like, yeah, I was on some recruiting trip. And I was teams, like, teams love man, this you. place is dope. Teams love you. You're that guy. Oh, yeah. The fan forever now. Okay, yep. well, we got to get to our guest today. He's an absolute legend. Uh, I was up in Toronto, well, now just a week and a bit now ago, looking at this trophy. His name's all over it. I think he's a legend. I could be wrong. Tori might tell me different. He's a Golf Canada, I believe, stud. Probably a legend as well. He's a Hall of Famer up in his neck of the woods. He's played pro golf. He's played the U.S. Open, I believe. Um, yeah, more or less. Dave Canadian Open, U.S. Senior Open. Dave Wait, Bunker. U.S. Senior Amateur. Dave Bunker is on the podcast today. Uh, it should be a great interview. We're excited to get him on in about five minutes here. Uh, Tori, any thoughts before we send over to Dave? I'm fired up. I, I, I'm excited to hear. Like He's probably going to be nervous talking to me because we played one time or two times together. Yeah, I'm sure he's super. He's probably shaking his boots right now. Oh, he's he's probably shooken up. Like I came in as the the SAS champ, and he came in as the two time defending Canadian mid am champ. But so he was probably pretty rattled. He knows our, you know, we we've got some tough competition. So, okay, well, I'm looking forward to this interview. Talk to a guy that has done this lots. So Dave Bunker, episode 129. We hope you enjoy it. Off the Hustle is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter & Buck clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility so it will be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms. All righty, we're pleased to have on today from Ridgeway, Ontario. He's an absolute stick and a legend in golf. Uh, he's in the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame. Overall, we're thrilled to have him on today. He's, like I said, I'll say it 500 times today. We said in the pre-show already, he's a legend. Dave Bunker. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. This is great. Absolutely. And thanks to Tori for setting this up, too. He said he played with you twice, and you were shaking shaking in your boots. So we're, we're happy to have <laughs> you on. Have you gotten over that yet? <laughs> yeah, I've gotten over it. I actually, when, when you sent me the text, I went back to look at the scores. Uh, yeah, I shot like I 95, 97 <laughs> MC. You had a you had a, you had the bogey train going for a while the, the one day. So was, you think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Dave, uh first thing, you know, off I want to know like what's new with you, what's happening, what's going on in, in your world here. Uh recently retired, two years ago, retired from school teaching. We moved uh, away from the GTA Toronto area 
And uh, we now live in Bridgeway, which is a small community uh, right across basically the river from Buffalo. So not too far from Niagara Falls. And uh, playing golf here at Cherry Hill. And uh, now that I'm a senior, playing more senior events than I do mid-am and amateur. But I'm still trying to, trying to play as much as I can. I played the Ontario M this year, Ontario mid-am, but uh, mostly focusing on senior golf now. Nice. Did, did you teach high school or elementary? Uh, elementary, so middle school, grade six, seven, eight in Toronto. Okay. What subject? Phys ed, always on my timetable. Although at elementary, you always have other subjects thrown in over the years, but I, I was mainly a phys ed teacher. Cool. Yeah, That's perfect good. for being a golfer. You get the whole summer off. Perfect. Yeah. Summertime. And uh, I was always very fortunate. The administrators and superintendents I had in my area were always supportive of me traveling because I, you know, there was always events in June uh, that I was going to. I was, I was fortunate enough to be selected to teams that traveled uh, to South America a few times. So that, that, you know, I missed school for a week here, a week there. And uh, my administrators and, like I said, superintendents were always very, very good with me traveling to play. Did, did the other teachers in the schools get jealous? No, I don't think so. I think they, they, they saw that I wasn't going to play like Jimmy's Bar Scramble and missing school for that. I was traveling around representing Ontario or Canada or, or, or doing something. So it wasn't that I was just going away to have a holiday. I was, you know, it was, it was like a holiday to go play golf, but yeah, I was, I was doing this as, as part of my competitive nature. I also had one of my administrators principals was on the national badminton team for a number of years. So he understood what it was to go travel and represent places. So that, that's, that's awesome. Pretty good. Yeah. Dave, before we get into your, you know, your golf career highlights, you know, the resume is unbelievable. Uh, you know, growing up as a young Dave Bunker, what were you doing? Like, were you playing hockey at all? Or was it just golf? Or were you playing kind of all, all sports? Yeah, I didn't play a lot of golf, actually, when I was younger. We, uh, we have a, a family cottage north of Toronto that we'd spend our summers at. There was a small nine-hole course there that, it, that I'd play, you know, three or four times a week growing up. So I didn't play a whole lot of golf and junior golf. I, I played more hockey and, and school sports when, when we were back home. And I didn't really start playing competitively until maybe, you know, high school or after high school. So I didn't have a, a junior resume at all from, from playing when I was younger, more, as I said, more hockey and, and other school sports that were going on. So that was my next question was junior golf and you kind of just, you know, you answered it, but did you ever play college golf? Yeah, I played uh, for a couple of years at U of T. So okay. I went to the university of Toronto and uh, tried to play hockey there. Didn't really work out too much other than the interfaculty stuff and played a couple of years on the, on the U of T golf team, but mostly I, I was concentrating on school stuff. at that Right. Time. Deadly. Wicked. When did you start shredding it up? in Ontario or locally in Toronto? Yeah, I, it, it was quite a while. We, uh, my wife and I had our, had our kids fairly young, so I didn't really play a lot while they were growing up, maybe until they were 11 or 12 or 13, where I could get a little bit of time to, to go practice. So my first provincial championship was 2003. Um, and that's first really ever started. Yeah. My first provincial was, was 2003. So I oh think that's, I was 30, 36 by then. So um, golf, good golf didn't really come to me until late when I started to 
kind of work on on my game, work on the the aspects that that needed improving. And once I started to do that a little bit, then some success, some success came. But it was 2003 was the first time I uh, that was the Ontario match play that year. Wow. That's so cool. That gives me hope. That's how old I am now. Yeah. So I, I still got a chance. You're in a perfect position. Just uh, start working it now. Yeah, I just it. need to be a teacher so I can play golf all summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave, so just going off your, your your accolades right now, three Canadian mid-am championships, okay? So I just got back from my first ever mid-am, and hey, like I had a lot of fun. I made the cut, and I was pumped. Good experience. The golf course is unbelievable. So humid there, though. I was melting. You played Thorn. So you were at Thornhill. I was at Thornhill. Yeah. yeah. I just got yeah. back. And yeah. It was great time. Yeah. So my question to you is you've won this three times. So here, here, a funny story. So I was in the player's lounge eating lunch. I was bored. I played at seven in the morning. So I had eight hours off and I was looking at the trophy and your name is plastered on there. It's almost like they already know you're going to win. So they just put your name on the trophy. Like, I mean, walk us through like just the success early that you had. Cause I mean, to win that not once, but three times, you know, that, that, that's huge, man. And, and congrats. So walk us through kind of just, you know, what it takes to win one of those mid-am champs. Yeah. And actually if uh, Chris Wasilowicz wasn't around early, I would have won five in a row. So I, I hope he's, I was, <laughs> he better be listening. So, I'm trying to so get him on. Him. <laughs> so 2006 and 2007, I finished second. Um, really I had the lead in 2007 and then he just smoked me in the last round and just made up a, I had four shots on him and he just demolished wow. me on the front nine. And then 2008 at Pheasant Glen in, in Vancouver Island, I, I played really well for four days and uh, got a victory there. Uh, the next year, 2009 at Prince Albert, um, I was behind, I think I was in fifth or sixth going into the final round and shot a, a bogey free 64, which is probably Wow. When I think back on it, probably the best competitive round I've, I've played in that situation uh, to catch the leader and, and ended up winning there. And then 2010 in Ottawa, again, I played four really, really good days of golf and um, ended Can't up winning confirm. there. So just, just a nice, you know, it was a nice little string of, of, of events, three in a row, and two of them ended up with uh, exemptions into the Canadian Open, which, which was fabulous as well, so. Is, so that oh, sorry, go on, Tori. Go on. We have a local bias, but is Prince Albert not one of the sneakiest hard courses ever? Like it's right in front of you. It's short, and it's hard. Yeah, it's uh, you know I haven't been there since, and it's you know that's a, that's a long time ago. We had some bad weather. I remember that. Um, so it did play longer than you know than the yardage really said, and I just found that. Um, the first two or three days, I, I was trying to find my way around the golf course and just kind of clicked on the last day where, yeah, you're right, that you, it, you, you can play it well if you hit it in the right spot. But I remember thinking there was, there were some tee shots and some holes where if you got it offline a little bit, you're going to make double like right away. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. A very, very interesting golf course. Yeah. Wow, Dave, we almost share something so in common. That's where I qualified to get into Mid-Am. Wow. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. The 12th spot in two playoff holes. We're, we're so similar, Dave. I can't wait. You to guys are pretty much twins. Yeah. yeah, that's probably exactly. Yeah, you're, you're right. 
Okay, so you, you just brought up the the two Canadian Opens after you because you won three, so you got in the Canadian Open twice. Walk us through, you know, is that your first ever professional golf tournament, both those times? Uh, I played a couple of minor events in Florida just when we were down for vacation or something there. I played two or three Moonlight Tour events as, as an amateur. Okay. Um, but that's like, it's one, they're one day events and it's okay, just yeah. guys kind of throw money in and there you go. Uh, yeah, that's, those were pretty special. I, I tell, I tell other Canadian golfers who are sort of striving to get somewhere and, and play better. Like you'll, you'll never get a better experience than, than to play your national open. And I was very, very lucky to have played it twice. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. awesome. I couldn't imagine like playing in a Canadian national like pro event though like, like that's the host the host course or host tournament for you know the country and, and you play do you play all four rounds both times or just play twice or yeah so the first year is uh so 2010 was at st george's i played really well shot 71 71 and missed by two oh. but i like i said i played i played well and uh, the sec the second year it was at shaughnessy in vancouver and it was so tough I don't know if you remember that year. I think there was only two guys that finished the tournament under par, but I couldn't believe how thick rough was. And we got off the fairway. It's just sandwiched back into play. And I think there I was 75, 78 or 76, 78, something like that. So I wasn't even close to, to making the cup, but both like such great experiences. St. George's was basically in my, you know, that's Toronto. And I, you know, I grew up in Richmond Hill, which is 20 minutes north of Toronto. Right. And I played St. George's quite a bit, but just to have that Thursday afternoon, we had a Thursday afternoon tea time. And when they announced my, we t I teed off on, on one, when they announced my name on the, you know, to, to tee off, you know, there's, I had so many friends and family there. It was just such That's a awesome. special, special feeling and a special environment. Now I bogeyed the first hole, which was great. <laughs> It was, it, it was really, really nice to be able to do that. That's awesome. That's sick. I, I missed the question, Dave, um, when you were talking about, like, about your three national championships, like, what, what is your, what is your mindset when you go to a national? Like, do you think of it as more, do you practice harder or do you just play it like it's another round? Like, cause obviously you've been very, very successful in them. Yeah, I, I guess you, you have to kind of work on things where you, you, you think they're going to be useful at the event. So if I know the golf course and I know, you know, you're going to be hitting a lot of drivers and I'll make sure my driver game is kind of in shape. If it's, if it's a shorter course, then you know you're going to probably be hitting a lot of wedges. So you work on wedges a little bit before. But I don't really change a lot of what I would do to prepare. Uh, other than those little things, if I don't know the golf course, like when going to Prince Albert, I knew nothing about the golf course. We just went there, we showed up, we played our practice round, and then you figure it out from there. But I tend to, uh, in, in getting ready to play, once I've seen the golf course in a practice round or if I've, I've played it before, then I'll kind of plan out the way I want to, you know, ultimately the way I'd, I'd like to play the golf course. You know, 90% of the time, it doesn't really work out that way because and you say, oh, I want to be in the right side of this fairway to approach the flag from this side. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes you don't hit it down the right side. You hit it down yeah. 
in the woods or you hit it down the left or you're in a trap. But you, I try and plan out as, as best as I can. In the first two rounds, most of the time, I, I, I tend to play fairly conservative knowing that I don't want to make a big mistake early and just, you know, you make a double or a triple and it's like, oh man, I just kind of blew it on the first day. The, the famous saying is you can't win it on the first day, but you can certainly lose it. That's definitely true for sure. Dave, so that's it. So you're men mentally though, it like mentally going into those, you're not like thinking of them differently than say the Ontario mid-am? No, I, I approach every every tournament the same. The reason I'm I'm playing in it is probably because I, I think I have an opportunity to chant to, to win or to be competitive anyway. So I just I go and I I play it that way. And I I feel that if I if I'm gonna play, then I've got a chance. So that's you know, nothing really different for a provincial thing or a national thing or if I'm traveling somewhere. I love it. Sorry, Drew, for cutting you off there. No, no, it's all good. That, I mean, that means I'm doing the right thing then because, like, I, I didn't have a whole lot of time to practice this year. So when I – before I went to PA, because you only hit three drivers a day for four, for three days. Yeah. But my goal was to, hey, let's hit, try and hit the ball for the first two weeks prior, playing men's nights or whatever, try and hit it as straight as possible. And then when I got in – the rest of my golf rounds, I was like, I want to try and split the fairway every time I'm hitting a driver because I knew all my buddies said old nationals, the rough is tough or there's woods or there's bunkers or whatever. So my goal was to just hit it straight for three out of yeah. four days. I hit it really straight. I was happy with it, but yeah, that's, that's good advice though, for people that are listening because those courses are in top shape that I, that I experienced it once. And I can only imagine that you've been there lots, but it, it was a wild scene. And I think the other thing is that a lot of people think you go to the can even the Canadian M I use Canadian as an example or Canadian mid M everyone's a lot of people think oh you got to go there you're gonna have to shoot 10 11 12 under to to have a chance even just a chance to win or you got to play great when you're there no you just gotta just gotta not do anything stupid most of the time or, or not do anything crazy scores are never really as low as everyone kind of predicts that they're gonna be the courses always right. get a little faster and the rough gets a little longer and the, you know this it's it's never the scores are never as low as everybody thinks they are and even part you go somewhere and you shoot even part listen that's going to that's a good score and that's going to win a lot of the times or at least put you in a position to win that um you know people don't think that they think oh i gotta go there and i gotta be like five under after two rounds no it's it's never going to there aren't too many tournaments that are going to be like that. Like unless you're playing the USM or something like that, then the yeah, scores I'll, aren't going to be that low. My saying is let the other guys fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that's a good saying. <laughs> control what you can control. Dave, uh, two U.S. senior opens, I believe. And those are, oh, don't mess this up. Those are pro events, correct? Yes. Okay. Walk us through, you know, just you, you played in two of those events. How are, how was that experience where you made the cut or, you know, walk us through the golf? Yeah, that was, those were two fabulous experiences. as well. I, uh, through, through the USGA, there's qualifier sites. So I went to, this was 2015 and 2016, uh, right when I turned 50. So I, I, I've played when I was 50 and 51. Um, won my qualifying sites both times. And the first U.S. Senior Open was at uh, Del, Del Paso Country Club in Sacramento. And I uh, went there for the week, had a great time, played really well. And 
made double on my second last hole to miss by two, but my double, I hit six great shots <laughs> on a par four. So I, you know, there's no complaint. I hit six really good shots that just didn't work out. And, uh, but it was a great experience. Uh, Tuesday practice round, I played with Corey Pavin and Scott Simpson, two US Open, former US Open champions. Wow. And on uh, Wednesday, the Wednesday practice round, I played with uh, David Frost and Lauren Roberts. So two former Canadian Open champions. So wow. it, was, it was a lot of fun to, to play with those guys and kind of hear what they were talking about and see, actually see the way that they approached practice rounds and what they did. I took a lot of that in to just kind of internalize what, what they do and kind of the things that I was doing and just kind of modify my, the way that I now approach practice rounds after I saw these, these guys do that. And then the second year at uh, Scioto in Columbus, um, I didn't play quite as well, but it was a great, Scioto was a fabulous golf course and I had a great start. So this is a good story for this, for this one. I, it, overall, I didn't play that well, but I, I had an early tea time Thursday morning. I think my time was like 7.20 or 7.28. And I birdied three of my first five holes. So I was three under through five. And my name was at the top of the leaderboard. So I have a screenshot and a photo of my name leading the U.S. Senior Open. Of course, it was brief. It was brief, but it's a great little <laughs> memento to have that... Uh, Hey, yeah, I was leading the U.S. Senior Open for about five minutes. <laughs> I love that it. Is sick. <laughs> the so uh, what was I going to say? So you played the Senior Open. What about this past year? You got pretty hot in the old Senior Am. Yeah, so that was last summer. I actually had a great month. I you know semifinalists at the U.S. Senior Am, and then I went to the Senior Porter Cup, finished second there. Canadian Senior, I was fourth. And then I won the Ontario Mid-Am all within the space of about five weeks. I, I really played well for, for about a month and a half. And then it kind it's of not, wore out. How did you not get burned out? <laughs> I actually, a lot of people ask me that, that say, oh man, you play so much. But it, you know, if I didn't, if I wasn't playing tournaments, I'd be playing here at home or you know, doing stuff, traveling, right. whatever. It it doesn't really burn me out. I, I love playing competitive golf. It's not a it's not a mentally taxing activity for me. At least I don't feel it. Maybe a sports psychologist might think differently, but uh, I enjoy playing tournaments. I, I, it's not a stressful situation for me. It's not, it's not uh, tiring golf. It, it's fun golf. It's, that's, that's where you find out how good you are. You find out where your game is at. I, I, I really love playing, playing tournament and competitive golf. No, it's funny you say that. I've tried to tell my wife numerous times. I'm like, it, it's like a drug that I cannot get anywhere else. Like just the feeling of playing tournament golf. You can't get that feeling anywhere else if you're a golfer. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's, you know, I think it's also a challenge to you. To you, I, I take a lot of my, my golf rounds as I'm, I'm not really playing anybody else. You play the golf course and you play yourself. You see what you can handle, what shots you're capable of hitting under certain situations but i find that fun a lot of people find that very stressful that you know the first tee and they announce your name and now you got to hit the ball because a lot of people ask me you know the canadian open when i was that first tee at st george's they were, weren't you nervous and I, well, I was 
like I wasn't really nervous for I had a lot of energy and I and I I felt it but like there's nowhere on the on the earth that I would have rather have been at that point so I don't want to I don't want to be fearful of right. of that and I think that's what happens to a lot of players they become fearful of of situations like that yeah I be, love it be, sorry go on Tori Drew I'm I'm just on a roll here buddy oh, before we go to questions from the gallery what what all what all is on your uh, in the background on the wall? Oh, yeah. in the I see a lot of Golf Canada flags. Oh yeah, there's some. That's only golf half Canada the room, though. Ones. I know that's only <laughs> half the room. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, hey. Golf Canada is good. They send out these big frame photos if you finish in the top three. So yeah. I'm fortunate enough to have every once in a while gotten lucky and finished in the top three. So yeah, that's well, cool. I I got a T marker with my name on it, Dave says my full name and handwritten and it says golf Canada. Pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. Pretty- uh, you got more than that. You got a hat and I know you got a putter head cover. So yes, I, I got that stuff. But the <laughs> team marker is the coolest thing though. I, th- I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I, did. I, yeah. I felt like a professional golfer that day when I walked out to the, to the range. Uh, Dave, you mentioned you, know, you didn't play a whole lot when you were younger, but I do want to know when I just two questions. One, when did he start to, you know, really figure it out and go, Hey, I'm pretty good at this game and I can do it for a long time and, you know, start to be successful. And two, who would you give, you know, some credit to, or, you know, you, you look back on and say, Hey, you know, I appreciate all the help. Yeah. So, um, I had played, like I said, I played at U of T for a couple of years, but you know, I could shoot 85 one day or 75 the next or 72 and then 79. It was very inconsistent. Um, I went to a couple of qualifiers, USGA qualifiers and Ontario Am qualifiers, sort of through the mid 90s. And I was actually on my way back with another buddy from a qualifier that we went to in Michigan. And on the way back, we both were terrible. We were never not even close to making it. And we sort of critiqued each other's games and what we needed to do. And just sort of, hey, I, I noticed this, I noticed that. And it became evident that I needed to make some changes in my grip and my swing. So I'm, I, I got a sort of a con- connected with a, a, a swing coach and I've actually, he's been my swing coach since then. And we worked together on, you know, a little bit of a grip change, a little bit of a swing plane change. And then as those sort of things work through my golf game that, it, you know, there's small improvements, small improvements, small improvements. And then, we talked about it earlier, but that 2003 winning the match play at the match play is almost, it, it's match play for me of, is, is a really, really fun way to play. I actually think that golf should only be played at match play because it's too hard. Golf is such a hard game. And in match play, you you know, you play a bad hole. It's only one point. You lose one point to your opponent. Right. And playing that match play was an eye opener for me because I felt like I wasn't playing all that great, but I kept on winning matches by just doing the right thing and making good decisions. And when the week was over and I'd ended up winning, it was kind of like, Hey, like I can, I can do this. It's there. And that kind of gives you a little bit of momentum to practice more and work on things a little more. Right. I have one question, one more. Um, do you do you have a place in Florida? Because I saw that you won the Florida State uh, Senior Am. Yeah, so we spend now we spend the winters in Venice, 
and we have a membership at a club there and we actually we rent we don't own there but okay. you can through our club there we're members of the florida state golf association so i can play florida events i played uh the senior the last two years i've played uh, they have they call it the senior junior but it's really a senior mid and better ball event um, and there's some other things you can play in as a club member there you don't have to be a resident of, of florida for some of their events you do have to be a resident but for the senior stuff, it's, it's no, you can, if is that near, the club, then you can do it. Is that near Fort Myers? It's north of Fort Myers. So Venice is kind of South Sarasota. Okay. Gotcha. And to go back to your question, Drew, about who I'd like to give a shout out to yeah, and, and recognition to. So that swing coach was Fred Davey. He was at uh, summit at the time, because I was from Richmond Hill. Um, he's now in Barrie and, uh, working his way towards retirement. Uh, so he, he deserves a lot of that credit um, as far as my swing goes. And then I do see a mental coach for some certain aspects of managing sort of vision and how to approach practicing and working through issues that might come up that aren't really swing related, but mental, right. mental re related. And that's uh, Paul Doolin who he's in Florida and works with um, a lot of professional golfers down there and amateurs as well. But both those guys have been uh, huge helps for me over the years for uh, kind of getting to where I am. Awesome. Well, whatever you're doing, don't quit it. Uh, yeah. Dave, one more uh, I want to talk about, and then we'll go to our segment called Questions from the Gallery. But you were inducted into the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame in 2018. Uh, we've had a lot of Hall of Famers on. Yeah. Yeah, we've had quite a few, I guess, but you especially, you know, we, we love this question is, you know, what does that mean to you and maybe your family? You know, you, you've done so much for not only yourself, but the game. And, you know, like I said, I saw your name on that trophy everywhere. And I was like, I want to be like this guy. So walk <laughs> us through, you know, 2018 being inducted and, you know, what it means to you and your family. Yeah, it was great. Um, I kind of figured at some point it was going to happen. Um but I didn't know when. And I got a call from Mike Kelly uh, with Golf Ontario. And he, he uh, explained to me that I was going to be inducted in the, in the spring. He called me in the fall. And yeah, great to be recognized for that. It's uh, the, the other players from Ontario that are, um, that are on that wall of fame are just, you know, there's some incredible players, Gary Cowan and, uh, well, I can't even think of all, all the ones that are Stu Hamilton, Mike Weir, who, Mike Weir uh, Marianne Hayward. Like uh, oh. I was inducted with Terrell Samuel, who just won the, the RNA Senior Am. And, uh, you know, there's so many great names and great players. And on that on that list that to put my name up there as well, it, it's it was such an honor to have that. And And one of the great things about that that day was uh, my parents were, were still alive. They had just recently passed away, but they, it was great for my parents to see that happen. And, you know, I have two daughters that it was great for them and my wife and I have sisters and their, their families. It was just really, really nice to have my parents still around when that happened. And just to, again, like I said, to have my name up beside all those other, you know, I, in my opinion, greater golfers than I am, but I know when you see resumes, you, you compare them and go, hey, you're just as good as, as they are, you win just as much, but it, when you look up and see who, who's there and who's in that hall, it's, it's right. 
that's so cool that's, your daughter's got to see that's unbelievable yeah because <laughs> yeah. like i suck i suck now and i just I have to tell my daughters i used to be good but now i'm <laughs> i used to be good yeah yeah no, that's uh that's awesome david congrats again yeah, okay you. let's go to our segment called questions from the gallery sponsored by rubber chrome Rubber Crow was founded in 2021, made out 100% recycled tires, and has tons to offer. We offer rubber parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, matting, and now our new hockey devices. Check out the website at www.rubbercrow.com, or can follow us on social media at rubber.crow, and can call as well, 306-541-9840. Dave and everyone else out there listening, think with your head and choose the right rubber. Oh, how good was that, Adri? I'm on fire today. That was pretty smooth. Last week's was better. Appreciate it. All right. I got the first one here. <laughs> Dave, favorite boy band? Favorite wow. boy band? The Beatles. Oh, oh solid. Perfect. If that counts as a boy band. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going totally pretty much. Actually, I'm going to ask one golf question, then the rest are not golf. Um. Give me your top three favorite courses that you've played. Ooh, uh, good question. Oh, just come back from number one, uh, Royal Dornick. I played the RNA senior uh, in the beginning of July. Oh man, what a golf course that is. Uh, that's going to be my number one now. You've got uh, some I frequent, know. frequent flyer miles going here, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I leave for red deer in four days and then, I, then right. I'm in California later on in October. It's like, we're flying everywhere. So I Dornick is number one now. Piner's number two is probably number two. And I love the national in Toronto. So I, I have to say the national is probably those those wow. would be my top moment. That's sick. you've probably got 10 that like could all compete with top three. Yeah, I play Pine Valley, and that's you know, it's hard for me not to put that in the top three, but I gotta put a Canadian course in as well. There we go. I like it. I thought you were going to say Riverside, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to let it slide. Uh, Dave lowest round in a tournament and also not in a tournament. Uh, lowest round in the tournament 64. So that's 64. We talked about in Prince Albert um, lowest number. So I don't know how many that was under par. I think they played that 72 that week as a set. No, probably par 70 there. Oh, yeah. I might, yeah. yeah, it might have been a 71 or a 70, but Eesh. 64, that's a good number. Lowest score ever, 62. Sweet. All right. Um, okay, I got one more golf one. Did anyone – who were you scared to play against? I know you brought up Wazilowicz coming from behind, but – I. I wouldn't say I'm scared to play anybody. I actually love playing with bombers. And that's why it was so fun playing with Wasilowicz, uh, that in that kind of two-year span when he was still playing amateur golf there, the, the mid-am stuff. Um, and, you know, playing with, I play, I played a lot with Garrett Rank. And I oh, love watching, yeah. I love watching guys that hit it far. And it, it doesn't intimidate me. I just find it fascinating how far some guys can hit it. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't think I'm afraid to play anybody. It's just, I, I, I enjoy playing with young guys who can, who can bomb it. I, I like playing with everybody, but that's, that's one of my special sort of fetishes, if you want to call it, that uh, I like seeing, I, I, I like seeing the ball go a long way. 
nothing, nothing wrong with a golf fetish. <laughs> no, I was just, I just wasn't sure if there was some guy in Ontario that we, we don't know about that. You're kind of like, Oh shit, here we go. Uh, it's going to be a long well, day. He's that guy. So, <laughs> well, I, I know I he, say, he's the boogeyman. I, I would say right now, if you, if you want to name it's got it, Garrett's probably one of the best players in Canada at the moment. Um, and Fitzsimmons, who just won the mid-am, two-time, right? he's really playing well right now. So, you know, if there's if those were two guys that I it, that you know, where they were in a match play event, I don't think I'd want to play them in the first round. I'd rather you know work my <laughs> way to the final somehow and and play one of them. Maybe they they play each other on the other side of the draw, and then I get to the final that way. But uh, I, I don't think I'd want to play those guys for money sure i love it dave this is a double header question hot dog or burger uh burger ketchup or mustard ketchup all right favorite beverage <laughs> dave i love around? you well i'm an I, I i don't drink any alcohol so unfortunately all those beer drinkers out there are going to disappoint you that's okay uh, so at cherry hill where we play here they have the greatest milkshakes maybe on the planet oh boy. and they have what's called a logan they have what's called a loganberry milkshake and it is fabulous so that's right now my go-to post-round uh drink is this loganberry milkshake at, at have you played playing. Yes. have you played mirfield in ohio uh no no have not okay because word on the street is they got the best milkshakes going I don't know, but well, they may, they might, but uh, until I go there and find out whether it's true or not. <laughs> All but, right. Uh, yeah. I actually, for, for the milkshakes they have at Cherry Hill, they're so thick. I actually went to the dollar store and bought my own straw, like an extra thick straw, to be able to <laughs> to drink these milkshakes. So I have, so I have this steel straw in my golf bag for post round. <laughs> I can drink. That the is because they give you these little tiny, you know, the little plastic straws. They, like you can't drink a milkshake with that, uh, with that little tiny straw. You suck your cheeks in. So I, I had to go buy my own straw for the for these milkshakes. That's, That's perfect. <laughs> perfect after you get your wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah. Uh, okay. If if you got to pick one food to eat for a week, what is it? Peanut butter. Really? That's Just quick, straight yeah. peanut butter. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm a peanut butter fiend. Oh my goodness. I'm most allergic. Mornings, peanut, peanut I'm jealous. And, uh, peanut butter on toast most days. And my snack, my go-to snack always usually involves some kind of peanut butter on a cracker or something. Huh. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, Tori hates this question, but I love it. How many whole ones do you have? One. Okay. On a par four. <laughs> on a par four. <laughs> yeah. What a delivery. <laughs> Hold on one. I was like, ah, oh, it's shitty. He's like, yeah. on a par four. On uh, number 11, those anybody listening or watching who is from Toronto, it's number 11 at Don Valley, which is like a kind of shorter dog leg, right? And we were playing one night after school and I bombed one over the trees and we were looking forever, get to the green. I said, that's pretty good. That's going to be on or near the green. We look around, look around. Can't, I just throw another ball down, chip it up. And then one of the guys walked up to the hole and goes, hey, your ball's in the hole. So we, I, I don't even actually know if it went in without some kid maybe running from the bushes and throwing it, throwing it in the hole. But there was no one else around, so I'm taking it as my hole in one. Absolutely, so that's sick. yeah. 
I'm I'm not bragging on myself. I, I I've got four, and my first three, I didn't see any of them go in. That's so frustrating yeah. to not see them go in. My yeah, wife has three. Oh, so she's killing me in that category. Every time I play a part three, I'm trying to make a hole in one just so I can try and catch it. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> I think you should just go to par three courses. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Dave, what's okay, uh, uh, sorry, Tori, my last one here. What's your go-to shot? Uh, I try and play the ball as straight as possible. So high and straight is what I really want to want to play most of the time. I love it. I wish. Yeah. Okay, I, I've got two more. The These are. <laughs> Easy, quick ones. What's your uh, go-to TV series? Ooh. Or especially during COVID. Yeah, COVID. So we we watched a lot of like Netflix series. So I got hooked on Bosch. We watched this show called Bosch, and it's great. Um, we're waiting for the next season to come out. But go-to TV show. I don't really watch a lot of TV shows. I'll flick around from one thing to another. You know, I could say Seinfeld. We watch, we watched Seinfeld when it was on all the time. But that's that's all old school stuff. I don't really watch TV or mostly sports. Watch football, hockey. You know, but that's on. That's kind of. Do you follow college? College football a little bit, which I, starts a Saturday. I think is this weekend is. I think I'm, season I'm watching it right as we speak. Well, who's playing now? Purdue and Penn State. Oh, so that must be the first game of the of the year then. Yeah, pretty much. All right, my other uh, question: What's your uh, your favorite vacation spot you've gone to? Golf or uh, non golf? It doesn't golf matter. Golf or non golf? Yeah. Um, well, I've been over a number of times to Scotland um, to play. Most of the times to play an event or to try and qualify for an event. We love it. Uh, both my wife and I love it over there. I love playing Lynx golf. I love the seaside. I love just the way those courses just kind of disappear and reappear in the dunes and around the around the shore and down the off of cliffs and around corners. Um, so I, I put that in the golf category. Uh, favorite other vacation we spent a couple of weeks in Italy a few years ago and we're actually going back in three weeks uh, for a week uh, we we had a great time in Italy I, I think the food was fabulous and my wife's Italian so it's nice to have a translator with you all the time that's awesome Dave my last question of the podcast and it's going to be a good one for you and for everyone that listens right now a uh, piece of advice for a young listener, whether it's a junior golfer, boy or girl, maybe an amateur golfer or mid amateur golfer, uh, you know, just some advice, you know, on what it takes to make it, you know, be successful, you know, get to nationals, uh, maybe win the national event. Uh, just, just some advice that you, you have that you've, you know, you, you've learned it in your golf career. Sure. Uh, I, I'd separate it out. Um, for mid-ams and, and ams who, you know, want to get better, it's always practice your weakness. Find out where you're weak and work on that. You, you, want to, you also want to practice your, you know, what you're good at. 
but it's where your weakness is, is that it's gonna get exposed in a tournament. It always happens that if you're having, if you're, having, if you're struggling in the, in the trap right of the sand, it never fails that if you're playing an event, you're gonna be in the sand like all day long. It happens to everybody. Yeah. And for, for young kids, and I, and I have mentored a couple of young kids um, over the years, and the one thing I, you have to tell them is you are not your score. Your score is not who you are. And if the first thing somebody asks you when you finish playing one day is, what'd you shoot? Basically, they're, they're putting that number on you. Right. And whether you shoot 75 or you shoot 85 or you shoot 68, you should, you're not a different person. And I tell that to parents too, that never ask your child when they come off the golf course, what they shot. Maybe ask them, you know, hey, I saw you on the putting green the other day. How'd your putting go today? Or how did, you know, what'd you, what'd you work on today? Or how did this, how did your shots go? Or how did, you know, how did, how did you play this? Or, you know, how, who, who'd you play with? But if you start asking them their number, then they, I think that's the worst thing for kids to, to have is, is to be identified by the number they shoot. And, and you know, you, you get then kids thinking, well, if I shoot 75, that's pretty good. If I shoot 81, you know, they're going to be disappointed in me. I, you, right. you can't have junior golfers thinking that way. You, it, it, it's, I, I don't think it's right to have, to have that. So, so I tell them all the time, you are not the number you shoot. You're, 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 you're not, you can't be that, that, that number. You're, you're who you are. And sometimes you're going to play okay. And sometimes it's not going to, you know, golf is very frustrating. I yeah. think kids sometimes don't get that as, as adults. We, we know that we've, we've been in the ups and downs of the, of the golf world, but right. I, I think it's, it's, it's almost like a hockey parent asking their kid when they come home, how many goals did you score today? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's almost the same thing. Like you're putting value on a result rather than value into what they're learning and what, what's, what, what, what they've been working on and whether there were small little successes and what they've been practicing. So that's kind of what I, it, it's, it's two different answers, but it's for two different age groups, you know, kids versus adults. Adults really need to work on their weaknesses, find out what you're weak at. And, it's so cool hearing that coming from you like as a teacher because you basically spent your career as like a, not a child psychologist but learning the psychology of children yeah like, but it, it it is but it makes total think, sense yeah for sure because a lot of times in in school kids get identified by their grades where that's a very tiny small aspect right. of who they are there's all kinds of other things that they're either not good at or good at based on, you know, who they are and what they do and uh, what kind of personality they have. And if you, you know, you judge somebody, a, a child in particular, for sure, a young, a young person on their a number that they either got on a math test or that they shot in a, in a, in a, in a basketball game, how many, you know, free throws they made or how many points they scored or on the golf course, what, what their number was when they finished. That's really devaluing who they really are and not valuing like i said the the effort that they might be putting in or the work that they might be putting in to to try and make themselves better at what they're trying to do 
Wow. Well said. Great answers. Uh, Dave, uh, appreciate this again, man. I had so much fun today. I wish you nothing but the best up in Red Deer. I believe you said next week is the Red Deer. Next week is the Canadian senior. Yeah. Kick, kick Phelps in the balls when you see him. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. Uh, we appreciate (laughs) it today, Dave. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. No worries. Thanks a lot, Drew and Tori for having me. That was great. Thanks, Dave. Lost Melt Distilleries spring seasonal releases are here. They have a ton of great options for this spring and summer, like hibiscus lime vodka, sweet tea vodka, local coconut vodka, and local watermelon vodka. With the nice weather coming, it's time to get out on the patio and enjoy a taste of Saskatchewan from Lost Mountain Distillery, Saskatchewan's first micro distillery. Keep an eye out for the ready-to-drink beverages, raspberry mojito, gin fizz, and mango seltzer, which are coming soon. Can't make it out to the distillery in Lumsden? No problem. Their products are available online or at most retailers across the province. Head to lastmountaindistillery.com to learn more. Alrighty, episode 129 completed with Dave Bunker. Uh, the last name does not resemble his golf game at all. This guy is a stud. He, I think, what did he say? He he was on pace to win five in a row. Is that is that, is that correct? Five mid ams in a row. He was close. He said if was if he didn't run into the uh, Wazaloch train, he right. would have. So he won three. He's basically won everything he's played in essentially, and then he played in he's played four rounds in pro golf events, two in the PGA and two in the U.S. Seniors. Uh, man, this guy is sick. And also, I also love his the way he talked about at the end about a score doesn't define who you are. So, you know, what he's meaning by that, if the young guys are young guys and girls listening, if you don't shoot 75 and you shoot 80, so, you know, don't don't think that that's you. Don't get scorecard watching. You know, just play and play every shot and play the best you can. And the way he he made that, that's a great analogy of, of what he was saying. And that's coming from a legend. That, that was so well said and I've never really heard that but it's so true and you won't learn this until you're older but try to learn it when you're younger right like I'm washed up but but seriously if you shoot 80 one day it doesn't matter you know it you don't want to shoot 80 you're not going to be happy about it but be a good person and everyone's still going to like playing with you and you can come back and learn from it you learn from your losses. I'm a firm, firm believer in that. Yeah, no, so, I, I no, agree. I really like, liked what he said. He, man, like just the way he, he talks about the golf game, and you know, he's 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 so successful, and, and also starting late too. Like, this is a game that if you if you start later in life, that's fine. Like he started when, like, 20. I couldn't believe he said 36. He was 36 years old when he f- played his first provincial championship. So he's playing at U of T, probably played some inner club games or school or whatever. But like, dude, I was playing since I was 13 years old and I played in my first like junior provincials at like 14. So yeah, he didn't play until he's 36 and now look at him. So I feel like if, you know, you kind of made a joke about it, like, hey, I'm, I'm right at that age right now. I can figure it out. Like, even though you're kidding, 
but for some though it, it, if you really no, but i'm it, pretty serious though too at the same time <laughs> right like if for some that you, you can go out there and do it so dave he was a great guest man he's a let us i don't know maybe i'm using the word legend too much but this guy he's won a no. lot so he's off to red deer now and i believe rick halbert is going up there who else is going up there is you said phelps he's going phelps he'll be there I'm guessing Cobes, but I don't know for sure. And uh, Marty Ring, I'm guessing. Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll keep tabs on that one. But overall, the episode with or the interview with Dave Bunker was unbelievable. So thanks to him again. Thanks to you for setting that up with between you and Phelpsy. Um. Yeah. What uh, What else we got here? Yo, it grinds. What grinds your gears, Tori? Well, uh, I grind my own gears. Because and this happens to everybody. Well, I hope it happens to everybody. I hope I'm not the only person. But when you get something and you throw away the instructions for it, especially like electronics. Oh yeah. And then you can't figure it out. My daughter's alarm clock. <laughs> I it there's no labels on the buttons, and I cannot figure out how to get it to switch from PM to AM. It used to work. It used to go off at 6.15 a.m. And now it goes off at 6.15 p.m. So I got to wake her up every morning at 6.15 a.m. And it's driving me nuts. See, I'm kind of... That's kind of... And then I'll be cooking dinner. I'll have shit boiling on the stove. And all of a sudden, I'll just hear... Whatever song it plays. (laughs) Fuck. No, I'm kind of the same as that, though. On the opposite, though. Mine is... I'll buy something that I know anything at warranty later, but I have two months to do it or whatever it is. And then I don't know where my bill of sale is. And then it's four days till it has to be done. And I'm like, oh, where did I put that bill of sale? Hopefully no one threw it out. Like that's kind of the same thing because I th- I'm very, I'm, I'm fairly organized, but with sa- bill of sales receipts, sometimes I lose them and I'm like, oh, and then the one day your computer crashes. Sweet. Yeah, we always staple them to the instructions and we have we have like a drawer that we keep all that shit in. Like for your fridge, freezer, yeah. fucking stove, all that stuff. You know, surround sound, all that. We've we've got all that dialed in, but we do not have the alarm clock dialed in. I'm about to just buy a new one. As you should. Uh, as well. Okay. Tori, episode 129, anything else you want to touch on before we leave for the week? I got two words for you. Roll. Tide. Boom. There it is. Episode 129 with Dave Bunker. Again, a legend, uh, and especially in Golf Canada. So we hope you enjoyed. Oh, what's up, Tori? One more quick one. Anybody... If anybody wants to hear like a, a, a guest, like don't don't be afraid to text or Facebook or email yeah. or fa- you know Twitter whatever. Like, let us know who you want to hear on. Yeah, that's we'll a good try point. to get them on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thanks again to all our sponsors: Last Mountain Steelery, Molson, Cords, Rapid Lawn, Rubber Co, Perfect Turf, Tailor Made Golf. I say Molson Cores, Last Mountain Steelery. Said both those. You did. Cutter and uh, Buck. Cutter and Buck. And bet 99. Um, That's episode 129. Dave Bunker, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. See ya.